Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks I'm going to fail to solve an ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. Yeah, and this week we are going to talk about Camdrome. I don't know how you talked me into doing another horror episode, Marn. Camdrome actually isn't that spooky, but I don't want to say that because then it's inevitably going to turn out that you do find it very spooky and you're going to get mad at me. The the tweet you sent me says sinister webcams, people getting internet murdered, and living computers covered in blood. Yes. That's a spooky one, Marn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what actually happens. It is a spooky one. (laughs) That's spooky. Um... Before we get into Cam Drone, though, it's weird being back to a uh, a regular episode, huh? It is. This is our, our, the first like regular episode we've recorded in like a month. Yeah, I don't remember how to do it. Um, before we get into talking about the game, though, we've got a, we've got a couple of great questions that came into us through Twitter. Uh, this first one that starts off, uh, Riley Hopkins writes in and says, "What do you think your personal FBI agent watching you through your webcam thinks of your day to day routine?" Probably that I'm a really boring person who watches a lot of uh, cooking channel clickbait videos. <laughs> For me, they just think that my life is very blue, like that Eiffel 65 song, uh, just <laughs> because I keep uh, painter's tape over my webcam at all times, because I'm one of those paranoid people. Yeah, I don't actually know if my computer webcam works. I haven't used it. Well, no, I used it for the Argonaut stream that we did, so I guess it so works. That's what, that's what they want you to think. They want you to think it's broken so you don't cover it. <laughs> uh, but honestly, they'd probably think my... I don't know. I'm pretty boring, too. I get up, I go to work, I sit at a desk for eight hours. I come home, I sit at a desk for more hours, but it's mm-hmm. the good desk, so it's fine. Um, and then I go to bed. And then I don't sleep enough, and then I get up again. Like, that's really my basic routine. Yep. I browse yep. I, I, I browse Reddit a lot at work when I have downtime, uh, just because I, I don't know, it, it's a really unobtrusive way to, like, spend ten minutes of downtime is to just open my Reddit feed. <laughs> yeah, I will say, if someone uh, was watching my internet history, they'd probably say, damn, this guy goes on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. That too. Uh, employers don't listen um (laughs) i follow a lot of like the the maryland uh local subreddits because that's how i get my local news (laughs) is your local subreddit good it's pretty good uh there's a there's a baltimore subreddit and there's a maryland subreddit and they're both pretty good uh the baltimore one is mostly where people have opinions on city politics which is how i've been keeping up with the fact that our mayor our former mayor is going to jail yeah you've got a real fun mayor situation right now huh yeah we have so we have an interim mayor right now um because the mayor who was in office up until uh a couple months ago uh was arrested and is now going to serve i think three years in prison for tax evasion and fraud um because i so I still don't completely understand what the situation was, but she was, like, kind of, she was using, like, self-published children's books that she was then supplying to, like, organizations that she, like, 
held stock in or something or like co-owned in order to just like basically move her own money around and do tax evasion <laughs> okay and that's they, a good one yeah and they recently found out that um the the maryland comptroller owns a business that was involved and the maryland comptroller was like probably involved and like helping do some shady money laundering stuff. Uh, but the controller huh. is now being like, I didn't know any of this was happening, even though it was all going through my business that I own. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, fun. We, uh, I grew up uh, just down river of Cincinnati, um, which used to, uh, Jerry Springer used to be the mayor of, um, which a lot of people don't know. Until he got ousted from office when a uh, a check that I think he paid a hooker bounced, I think is is what I've always heard. I don't know the story for sure, but that's what I, what was I was always taught. Yeah, this mayors is our, are fun. <laughs> this is our second mayor in the past decade that has a uh, that has gotten convicted for fraud and tax evasion. So. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and the the one who got convicted before her uh is gonna run in the next election <laughs> <laughs> we're running it back <laughs> oh nice uh baltimore is a lot sometimes <laughs> uh danny writes in and asks would you live in the woods with no internet or connection to the outside world but all of the basic necessities if you could Probably, yeah. I wouldn't. Really? No, I I get to... I know that, like, I joke a lot and say that, like, the internet has rotted my brain and um, all that. But at the same time, like, I... Uh, a lot of my most meaningful connections are through the internet. Um, just both through keeping up with old friends that I met in the past. And I've made a lot of new relationships, uh, both by being online in things like discord and other online spaces and on twitter um but also is creating things and putting them online um i've met a lot of great people online especially in the past year and i don't think i could give that up you know what that's fair yeah i i i don't think i could give up the internet to live in the woods i do i do see the appeal of living in the woods with no internet though <laughs> i i could do it for like a week uh, yeah. but then i would just get antsy I don't, yeah, let me lock fair. myself away to finish a project, and then I get to go back and post it online and go like, God, let me tell you about this bad week I just had. It was also <laughs> productive, but... Alright, uh, Sean writes in and says, What would you do if you came home to find your computer has come to life and is plotting to kill you? Probably just throw it out the window and let it shatter on my driveway <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't blame it like i've put it through stuff um i use it a lot probably more than you're supposed to Mm-hmm. but yeah I, I i feel like my my old laptop I, I feel like i wouldn't be worried about um this computer i don't know it glows it's a fancy gamer computer so i don't know it could do some sinister shit it could kill you. It probably could. Uh, what else do we have? I'm going to go back to us having seen movies in a minute. Um, 
Oh, here we go. Uh, one person says, do you put tape over your laptop camera? Yep. Uh, if so, what are you protecting yourself from? Uh, the FBI agent in the other post. I don't, but I do keep my mic muted uh, when I'm not podcasting because I have a button on my laptop that auto-mutes my mic. See, I don't do that, and I probably should. Yeah. At, at all I, times, it's not connected to anything, but my laptop is, my computer is hearing everything that happens in the living room. Yep. I, I, I mean, I also do it because, like, I am paranoid about my devices hearing me say things and giving me targeted ads because I know for a fact that my phone does that. Yeah. Um, so I keep my laptop muted all basically all the time when I'm not podcasting. That's fair. I probably should do that. My problem is I got a uh, I got a fancy new mic and uh, I have to reach farther to hit the button, um, <laughs> which really is enough to do it for me apparently. Um, instead of it being right on the mic, I have to lean forward and hit it on the on the the box that the mic is plugged into. I'm not very good at audio recording or knowing what things are called. Um, I mean, yeah, we do. The, I ahead. mean, we do have uh, the the Amazon lady who lives in a tube uh, in my house, which kind of defeats the purpose. But we mostly use her as an intercom system between floors of the house. <laughs> I unplug her every chance I get, and it drives Sam mad constantly. Yeah, the I'm one sure. the one in my room is unplugged. Yeah, I it creeps me out too much. My problem is I'll unplug it, and then like I'll be taking something out of the oven and be like, "Hey, lady." Put a timer for 20 minutes, and then it'll be silence, and I'll be like, ah, oh, right, I was being stubborn again, shit. <laughs> um, but it's usually fine. Yeah. Um, What else do we have? When were you first introduced to the concept of haunted or possessed computer technology? God, I, I think that my answer to this is John dies at the end. Oh, yeah? Because of the one part where it's all of the people in the chat room getting possessed. Yeah, that that part is really dope. Uh, it's I don't, good. Yeah, go read John Dies at the end, y'all. That's a dope scene. Um, <laughs> for me, it was... Uh, I don't know if you would call it haunted or possessed, but uh, Smart House, the Disney Channel original movie when I was like eight years old. Oh, shit! Yeah, I think my answer to this actually is Smart House. <laughs> I know that technically she didn't get haunted or possessed or whatever, but like the idea of a um, a entire system that's built to help you turning against you, uh, that was the first time I'd ever really heard of it outside of like little episodes of a TV show that didn't really matter. But that yeah. one I was like, oh, maybe technology isn't always good. <laughs> um, and then I've been a missing not a misanthrope what's the word uh i don't know i've been skeptical of all new technology ever since <laughs> nitwitch writes in and says what do you think it is about the arg medium that makes people want to create scary stories more than anything else i feel I like we've talked about this before right we have a little bit but i know it's been a while yeah um I think that I, I'm absolutely sure I've said this answer before, but I think that the the ARG medium kind of allows for this feeling of kind of like voyeurism, like you're looking into other people's files and like you're seeing secret pages on a website and it's kind of that like almost creepy feeling of like, oh, I'm I'm seeing things that I'm not supposed to see and that lends itself really well 
very naturally to horror stuff. Yeah, I agree. I also think, um, I know that this can sound like I'm meaning it to be insulting, but I really don't. But I do think that horror is an easy fear to get out of people. Um, shocking or scaring someone is a lot easier than like it's an easier and more attainable feeling than trying to make someone laugh sometimes or trying to evoke other feelings um and so i think it's the same reason that a lot of like a lot of people's early art can be horror stuff um there's just a lot of stuff the a lot of directions you can go um a lot of interesting angles you can take to do it and it's also a um it's an attainable goal to hit did i creep someone out good goal achieved is a lot easier to do than like did i i don't know i i don't want to sound like i'm belittling horror or anything like that but there's a reason that you see like infinite bad horror movies lining the shelves of family video rather than infinite bad uh rom-coms for example oh no yeah i i completely agree (laughs) um in the same way that you see infinite bad rom-coms i think that's the same reason that you see infinite bad um you know infinite not infinite bad horror ARGs, but infinite horror ARGs. Same way that you see infinite bad horror games on Steam, or um, I guess in video games, more likely infinite bad first-person shooters from like 10 years ago, when that was, you know, you create a game and it's like, what's the easiest thing we can do? It's two hands holding a gun and then you click on an enemy. Um, it's just a good way to get someone into starting on a new uh, medium that they're not used to. Yeah, and I I think that's also why there's, like, infinite bad, like, horror web series on YouTube. Because, Uh like, it's very easy to make a low-budget horror web series. You just need, like, a guy to hide behind things and pop out at you. Yeah, like, and and even beyond web series, like, there's a reason that things like The Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, like, the lo-fi, low-budget aspect mm-hmm. of those things can often like the 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 things that are often weaknesses to other things being done in the medium can be a bonus to horror movies um showing one like paranormal activity as an example showing one long stretch of time where nothing happens is like a, a quote-unquote free shot to make you know you don't have to pay for any effects or anything like that but in paranormal activity it's stressful because you show a long shot where something could happen you know um i feel like some of the things that like and and it feels more real to be found footage or to have a um kind of a low budget shooting way rather than you know a bigger sets bigger cinematography things like that um by going with a low budget option you get you can do more with what you're doing in that horror scene um i feel like that translates to args and that like you can you can stretch things out farther when the end result is a scare because it feels more, the the more lo-fi it feels kind of the grittier or dirtier it feels, which is a lot closer to comedy or to a lot closer to horror than it is to something like comedy. Yeah. That's the way they shot the new uh, invisible man movie. It's like, I think like 80% practical effects. Oh, really? Yeah. I was reading a super interesting interview uh, with a creator where he was like, yeah, we could have done CGI for a bunch of it, but like we had like literally set hands hide in cabinets and like slam them shut and stuff. So like most of the effects are just like people doing it from hidden places on the set. 
Oh, wow. oh it rules. I want to see it so bad. <laughs> it's like, uh, there's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite action set pieces is from, uh, The Raid 2. Have you ever seen those? Mm-mm. Um, there's a scene that's like a car chase and the camera, like, there's like a motorcycle in front of another car and the camera goes from like, it follows the back of the motorcycle, like kind of up close. Then it pulls away from the motorcycle, goes back to the, uh, the car behind it. Then it goes inside of the car, like turns around, views a couple of things, and then goes out the car's back window to the car behind it in like one continual shot. And the way that they did that, and I can never unsee it now when I rewatch that scene, is that there's a cameraman who's dressed up to look like a backseat. Oh my god! And then when the camera gets to him and turns past him, he reaches forward and catches it from the window and then takes it and looks around the rest of it but Yo! like there's it's it, yeah it's cool seeing what you can do with little practical effects that really enhance things and a lot of times those things are used to better effect in horror and to like be good cost cutting measures for horror um in movies than they are in like i i don't know how you do that same thing in a comedy you know a lot, yeah. a lot of times comedy <laughs> benefits from like I don't know, saying a higher budget doesn't necessarily mean what I'm trying to say, because, like, then you get stuff like Grown Ups, where, like, the budget goes entirely to Ben Stiller, or not Ben Stiller, to uh, Adam Sandler and his friends. Um, But, like, there's a sweet spot where you get of, like, Edgar Wright movies, where it's like, oh, money went into making this. There's a lot of, like, shots, cuts, quick edits, like, things like that, that took, like, it took time and effort to make those things and line them up. But, like, there's not a lot that sticks out with low... Actually, now that I'm saying this, like, Clerks is one of the most popular comedies of all time. So what the fuck am I saying? Yeah! I mean, I think... I'm gonna cut this part out and blame it on the cold. I think a lot of the same principles go into making comedy and horror, though. That's fair. You're trying to get, like, a quick surprise. Yeah. Except it's a, ah, instead of a, ah. (laughs) I also want to say this, that... This is a Blair Witch Disrespector podcast because I don't like Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I've sent you the Scooby-Doo Blair Witch thing, right? Yeah. I, I had like a... I mention it every time someone mentions the Blair Witch. My, um, my... I had a writing workshop professor uh, in college who was very mad that I didn't like the Blair Witch Project. And he was like, what do you mean you don't like the Blair Witch Project? Like, literally everything you write is the same aesthetic as the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I was like, I know, I just don't think it's a good movie. I'm sorry. I uh I wrote a a uh I wrote a script about um I called it Discount Exorcists uh for a class in college. And uh we had to like get up and pitch it to the class and when I got up I was like describing it and I was like, yeah, like the main inspirations are movies like or I said, you know, um things like uh John Dies at the end and a couple of other things. And then at the end, like, the professor was like, what about Ghostbusters? <laughs> and I literally looked at him and I was like, what about Ghostbusters? Like, who cares about Ghostbusters? It's 2010. Um, I've never seen Ghostbusters. I haven't either. <gasps> I've never met another person who hasn't seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, this, it's... this is my first time admitting it ever to the world. It's such a long-running gag in my family and among my friend group that I got a copy of it as a graduation present for high school, and I still have not opened that copy of it. 
hey uh can i can i tell you a secret uh-huh i don't give a fuck about bill murray or dan Aykroyd. <laughs> bill murray's uh son went to a college uh that was down the road from mine hell yeah yeah he would sometimes just like show up in our in that town for like his son's basketball games and stuff <laughs> That's where that uh, no one will ever believe you subreddit came from, right? I guess. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking okay. about. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, Millie wants to know, do you ever see that movie Unfriended? Did you, Marn? So, I have a, I have a story about this. Did we watch Unfriended together? We did. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was thinking about that this morning. Because <laughs> I was going to say, we all got I together think... as an arg and watched it. Because DVD yeah. would shut up about it. I think that's the only time I've ever seen Unfriended was uh, our our friend DVD, who was uh, who we met doing the same arg that Andrew and I met doing. Um, no, but you knew DVD from the from the arg before it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, through, yeah, through args. <laughs> Anyway, she, uh, we all got together in a Skype call, and I think she streamed like a bootleg version of Unfriended. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you were there for that because I was like, "Oh, Andrew doesn't like horror movies. I don't know why he would have been there." <laughs> I, I was around. I was like in chat with y'all, but I like had other screens pulled up instead of watching the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the yeah. only time I've ever watched Unfriended. Was on a on a uh, like a screen sharing Skype call. <laughs> yeah, twelve frames a second, like shitty bootleg. Yeah, through your Skype. Um, shout out to DVD. Hell yeah. Um, also, <laughs> big titty goth husband writes in and says, uh, "Have we seen Cam, the only good horror movie about a sex worker?" Oh, I have. It's really good. Everybody I've should heard go good watch things. it. It's good. Uh, you might like it. It's not too spooky. That's what you always say. I know. Um, it I is actually like, very good, though. <laughs> I feel like whenever you or my other friends say, oh, it's not that scary, it's like when I tell, like, Sam, oh, you'll like this, it's not that spicy. <laughs> um, or, oh, it, you'll like this, it doesn't taste that much like beer. Like, just because my taste buds are ruined doesn't mean that, like, it's the same for her. I feel like that's the same way with horror, where it's like, uh-uh, I won't take anything. I can't do it. Well, Cam, Cam is one of the ones where it's very much like, oh, the real horror is society. Uh, be, because <laughs> like it's, it's about, yeah, like Ghostbusters. Because it, it's about a, a, a Cam worker who, um, her Cam, her, her stream basically gets taken over by like a digital copy of herself that like keeps the stream running even while she's like out doing stuff in the real world. Um Huh. And so she has this like evil doppelganger that only exists on her her stream, um, and it was written by a former cam girl. So it's for from everything I've read, it's like very accurate to what that scene is actually like. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Interesting. Yeah, I will have to. I'll. I will consider checking it out. It's pretty good. Uh, I didn't think that it was that scary i as i recall it does get a little bit gory towards the end okay depending on what it is i can kind of handle gore it really depends on like it really depends maybe i can handle it yeah there's i mean there's not a lot of like jump scares or anything it's very much like a 
kind of a slow burn, like, oh, my my webcam doppelganger is taking over my life, kind of, like, mystery story. Okay. Kind of like a sexier version of the Paul Rudd movie. A little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the uh, the questions this week. Oh wait, Mar- I wanted to talk I wanted to talk about my haunted technology story. Oh shit. I I thought that that was going to be bundled in with um I kind of thought that question was bundled in with the other one. Uh in that case, let me go back to that. Uh if you have that question pulled up, feel free to read it. Uh so so L, uh co-creator of Skytech Ergy, I wrote in and asked uh if we have any personal stories about haunted technology and I actually do. Ooh. Um my high school laptop got some kind of undetectable virus that um I could not find anywhere on the laptop. I'm pretty sure it was a virus cuz I don't know what else it would have been. Um but it started pulling audio from random movies and movie trailers and i don't know exactly where it was sourcing them from but it would just play audio from like the dark knight and like a couple other movies just like in random bursts throughout the day what the fuck (laughs) i know i've never heard of anyone else's laptop doing anything like it i still have no idea what it was sometimes it would play like old musicals it really liked the dark knight though so sometimes (laughs) i would just be like working on stuff for school and suddenly i would just like hear the joker talking out of my speakers (laughs) (laughs) that's wild I... But yeah, it was it was so weird, and like every every virus scan I ran like didn't pick up anything. Huh. That's super weird. Huh. A cursory Google search uh now tells me that it is a problem that other people have had, but I swear to God, when it was happening to me, I like could not find a way to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> then again, it was back in like twenty ten, so. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, maybe more people have found it since then. Huh, that's creepy. I don't like that at all. Yeah. And it was like no windows were popping up that were actually playing the sounds. It would just like randomly, I guess, pull sounds from like internet ads or like YouTube videos or something. I truly don't know where they were coming from because they weren't ads. They were just like clips of movies. Huh. Huh. That's weird. I don't like that. It was. What, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have any. Yeah, I don't have anything. <laughs> my last, uh, my last phone, like, it exploded out of its screen, which was how I finally had to get a new one. Just exploded? Uh, the, so I had an iPhone 5 for five and a half years and it got to the point where the battery was like overheating so badly that it was pushing the screen out of like the backing part of the phone (laughs) so the screen was like literally starting to pop off and away from the phone because the battery was like overheating and expanding um so the only reason I had to get a new, uh, I had to like trade up and get an iPhone six was because my phone was literally coming apart. <laughs> cool. Speaking <laughs> of 
phones exploding. Did you ever see the like viral clip that went around like years ago of um a like where a guy stuck a cell phone in the microwave and it like exploded into a demon do you know what i'm talking oh, about? oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. i've Does seen that, that. Check out at all that's all i can yes. think of when you say that your phone exploded and like that's all i can think of of a haunted phone exploding i've i've definitely seen that because i used to watch videos of people putting different stuff in the microwave for fun <laughs> <laughs> i just know that i saw that when i was uh really young and i thought it was real at first like and it creeped me the fuck out. Oh no. So speaking of uh scary YouTube videos. Speaking of getting scared. Let's talk Lauren, about Cam Drone. Tell me about Cam Drone. Hello, you beautiful blood sucking babes. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. And we're the hosts of Summer Twilight Book Club, a podcast where your two best friends put their social work degrees to good use by rereading the four horniest books of their teenage years. If you're at all curious about any of the following, this is the podcast for you. Does Bella Swan have a car crash fetish? Yes, I am telling you right now, the answer is yes. Does Stephanie Meyer understand healthy relationship boundaries? Has Bella Swan ever had a secure attachment in her life? How has Twilight impacted the societal and my personal conceptions of romance? Why does Stephanie Meyer Osahana and all other brown people reparations? Why is Edward Cullen so into edging? You can find Summer Twilight Book Club at theorangegirls.com or on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you access podcasts to find out. So, Camdrome... Uh, is an ARG that started in PAX 2013 and was last active in 2017, uh, but has been confirmed as recently as April 2019 to be quote-unquote sleeping. So it's it's kind of assumed to be in hiatus, uh, but it kind of will, like, go dormant for, like, years and years and years and then post stuff for like a couple days and then go dormant again um i was gonna say i don't really like the phrasing of sleeping yeah um it is assumed to be some kind of like it's it's assumed that the end product of camdrum is going to be some kind of video game um because uh the people behind Binding of Isaac and Super Meat Boy have come out and said that they know the developer who's behind it and they have helped them. Uh, a lot of people suspect that this was their way of saying, like, yes, this is us, but not really saying it. Um, sure. Okay. So it, like, it's how, a s- like how we're uh, documenting the Pepsi ARG. Yeah, so okay. so it's assumed that the end result is going to be some kind of video game uh, by people as of right now, have very little idea of, like, what it's gonna be. Um, okay. Because right now it's just an ARG. So, Camdrome's trailhead uh, was that this... Uh, so, PAX does a thing called the Indie Mega Booth, uh, which is that it's just, like, a showcase of a bunch of indie games. Um there was a mystery display at the Indie Mega Booth of PAX 2013 that did not have a sign. It did not have an attendant. It was just a, uh, like an old clunky computer monitor covered in fake blood with a webcam on top, 
uh, on top of a PC tower covered in garbage bags. Uh, and there's actually a video that I will send you of it. Um, wow, that's not what I meant to send. I meant to send you a YouTube link. <laughs> Oop. Ooh, I get to see all your secrets. <laughs> your outline. Um, oh, this is creepy. Yeah, so it was just, it was an old um, uh, computer monitor that played a continuous uh, loop of, like, code jargon of the computer starting up, and then it would play the Camdrum logo and say, like, connecting to servers, searching webcams, and then it would play, like, one of a number of these, like, weird glitchy video clips uh, of different people that sometimes ended in like the clip glitching out or like a guy in a mask showing up and murdering them. Um, I'm watching a young woman looking at the screen or I guess at the camera going like and like singing something or saying something. Oh shit! Oh, okay. And then the Camdrome logo. Martin, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we are 45 minutes into this recording, and this entire time I thought this was Camdrone with an N. <laughs> no, it's Camdrome. Huh. This is spooky. Okay. Yeah, but like some of the clips end completely normally. Like there's one farther into the video that's just like a guy drinking chocolate milk out of a jug. Um, and some of them end with, like, this guy in a doll mask coming up and murdering people. Yeah, I just saw that one. Cool, 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 cool. There's Chocolate Um, Milk Guy. Okay. And some of them just end in, like, the video going very glitchy. Um, and so a reporter at PAX heard that, uh, the Super Meat Boy team was behind this. Uh, and kind of confronted them about it. Uh, and they they were basically like, no, like, it's not us. Um, but we we set this display up for, like, a, a, a developer that we know. Like, we don't know anything about what it's about. We just, like, helped out because we believe in this project. Um, but people searching camdrome on google found like a a dead page that listed camdrome as a horror video game being made by the super meat boy team um and they also found that uh camdrome.com was registered to edmund edmund mcmillan from that team okay um but that record was scrubbed after people found it (laughs) sure okay so the first thing people found basically was camdrome.com because part of the kind of like server connecting jargon in the beginning, like the first thing it says is like pinging camdrome.com. So people were like, okay, there's a website. Um, and it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but if you went there, you would find it was just the camdrome logo and a little link to the Twitter, which is just at camdrome. Um, okay. But the source code had, um, like, text art of the masked killer that was in the PAX clips. Uh, and it uh-huh. had a bunch of strings of text that said, meat is meat. Ooh, I don't like that. 
Uh, and the background image of the logo was also called Meat is Meat. Um, there was also a mystery section in the CSS style sheet called Eleven. Um, and there was a weird thing that went nowhere in like the metadata, also called Eleven, uh, that had alt text that said, you're doing this to yourself. Huh. Uh, and and there was hidden text um, in the division boxes around the Twitter logo that were also called Eleven that had hidden text that said, feel the knife, pull the wire around your neck, now I'm watching you. Okay, I don't like that. And so people started looking into the Twitter account. Uh, they found that it had started on July in July 2013, uh, but it became active on day one of PAX, which was August 30th. Uh, and it started tweeting a lot of links um, regarding, like, cyberbullying and, like, people live-streaming suicides and murders and stuff. And, like, basically stuff, like, thematically pertaining to uh, the, the clips that it was showing on the monitor. Uh, the account types in a really, like, weird stylistic way where uh, to denote... Uh, like breaks between sentences it uses two vertical lines um because 11 is like a motif with camdrome okay um and then once people found it the account started sending out photos of the pax uh booth and calling out specific users who like were at pax or had tagged themselves as being at pax uh like telling them to come to the indie mega booth and watch camdrome huh. <laughs> And so it, it added a couple of people being like, why didn't you take video of me? I took video of you. Am I not pretty? Waiting at the indie mega booth for you. Sam, um, stop popping out of things trying to scare me because it's working. <laughs> uh, and then someone tweeted something about like going up to their room to like take a shower at PAX. And Camdrum said, like added them and said, I've made a mess. I could do with a midday shower myself. <laughs> huh. I don't like um, this at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, it I, even, um, oh, go ahead. It even added like a couple game developers that were at PAX. Like I think it added uh, Notch and was like, Good. what's up? <laughs> um, and if, and it, it, it also interacted with people who added it directly on Twitter or just said like the word Camdrum on Twitter uh, and mostly just like said various threatening things huh see i so i just got back from uh c2e2 myself and i can't imagine oh i'd be so creeped out if something like this was a booth just mm -hmm. like an un like an un like no attendant no person there just like i can't oh i'd be so creeped out this is such a good start to a thing yeah and a bunch of games journalists like at pax were running articles like what is this who is behind this nobody knows what the fuck is going on this is wild uh and so on day three of pax uh september 3rd camdrone tweets we leave a shell behind but we continue to wait and watch uh and chris morris who uh took this video of camdrone um and uh, I think was the one who confronted uh, the Super Meat Boy team about being the ones behind it, uh, sent out a tweet that was like, hey, like the 
PAX is over and like everything at the indie mega booth is taken down, but um, Camdrome is still here. Like nobody came to pick it up, and like included a photo of just like Camdrome sitting in like the empty convention room. Huh. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the same day, eleven fifty-one p.m., Camdrome tweets. Split into 11 pieces, sent unto 11 executioners. Our problem can't be ignored. Uh, and then an image link to this like weird, glitchy mashup of pictures of different faces. Okay. And then after PAX, uh, sites that had reported on Camdrome started being directly targeted by Camdrome. Okay. Uh, and... Like, I think, like, every reporter who had run a story about Camdrome at PAX got a email from 11 at camdrome.com. Okay. Um, and the email said, We are not going to achieve a new world order without paying for it in blood as well as in words and money. Our problems can't be ignored. We are the problem. I am the answer. We are in this together. I am humanity. Uh, and then hex code that decodes to an Encyclopedia Dramatica entry. <laughs> Lord, um, that's a name I haven't heard in years. And then uh, more text that said, like, you are X of 11. Like, someone got, like, 7 of 11. And I think sure. someone else got, like, 2 of 11. Absolve yourself of guilt. Breathe life into me. Uh, and then it either had a high-res clip of one of the webcam clips as a, uh unlisted YouTube video. Um, or a section of a whole new image, or both. Huh. Um, and people were never able to put together a full image because I don't think all of the reporters posted uh, their pieces that they got. Okay. But if you go on the Camdrome, well, if you went on the Camdrome website that doesn't exist anymore, uh, the CSS style sheet has um, a full image translated into Base64, uh, that when you, I guess, unprocessed it, it turned out to be the full image that they were looking for. And it was basically a Camdrome poster uh, with the masked killer in the center of like a ring of faces. And some of the faces were people from the, the PAX clips that were shown on the monitor. Huh, okay. Uh, and people found that the Camdrome YouTube channel also had one public video uh, that I'm not going to link to you because it's very spooky. Uh, I it's basically you. <laughs> it's basically a glitchy montage of just like different clips of the masked killer, and it plays very loud sounds at you. Okay, yeah, that's not what I'm into at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so far we have a glitchy not a glitchy tower but a tower display at pax that just showed stuff no people around it showing a masked killer killing people also people mm -hmm. drinking chocolate milk and then now we're getting emails sent to journalists that are linking back to this picture of this masked killer and videos of this masked killer wearing like a doll mask like a porcelain doll face yes okay i hate this <laughs> Um, and so people are slowly starting to figure out, like, oh, this is some kind of, like, weird horror thing about, like, a serial killer and, like, tapping into, like, people's webcams to, like, see people being murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, and then September 12th, uh, Camdrome tweets out another link about, like, 
cyberbullying and like suicide, but it's in base 64 this time. And then October 2nd, Camdrone tweets, only patient eyes will see Novus Ordo Seclorum and then goes dark. Um, okay. I, I don't actually know what Novus Ordo Seclorum means. Let me look it up. Okay. Oh, it means New Order of the Ages. It's on the the seal of the United States. I didn't know oh, that. Okay. Um so then, uh Camdrome is completely dark until PAX 2014, which will become a pattern. <laughs> um and somebody added Camdrome uh asking why it wasn't at PAX, and Camdrome replied, I am everywhere. You will see me when you open your eyes and call my name. And then later that day, it tweeted, Have you found me yet? Huh. And then went completely dark until 2015. I mean, that's what I would... Wait, completely dark until 2015? Yeah, like, no activity at all. Damn, okay. Uh, and then May 25th, 2015, Candrome tweeted a weird, like, pixelated, like, almost PS2 graphic image of the masked killer with the caption, I'm still here, are you? Okay. And then June 4th, it tweeted, it's so easy to watch. Together, it's easier to make something better to watch. So many of my children are misbehaving. They need to be punished. They will be. Okay. Um, and there was nothing at PAX 2015, but uh, between August and September 2015, Camdrome was kind of actively trolling its Twitter mentions um, and liking tweets and, like, replying to tweets uh, who added it or just, like, said the name Camdrome somewhere in their tweet. Okay. Uh, and then it went dark again. Okay. I feel like we're going to hear that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then early in June 2016, uh, Nightmind made a video on Camdrome uh, that kind of refreshed interest in it, and a ton of people started adding the Camdrome Twitter account, wondering if it was going to do anything. Because huh. they were like, well, the only thing, like, the only next steps to take, basically, in this ARG that we know of are to add the Twitter account and, like, see if it responds. And it worked. Wild. Um, they ba- basically, like, everyone announced their intent. They were like, we're going to see if we can kickstart this ARG. And it worked. <laughs> huh. um, because three, literally three days later, Camdrome starts liking the tweets of people that are tweeting at it. Uh, confirming that it was back online. Um, One user had the idea to set up a live stream of Camdrome's Twitter feed that was just like a screen share of the feed and was like, (laughs) because he was like communicating with Camdrome and he was like, all right, I'm going to set up a live stream. Uh, And then live on the stream, Camdrome changed its Twitter bio to read Hello World when it had previously been blank. Oh, wow. Okay. So, changing it to Hello World implies that it's a computer. Yeah. Huh. Um, And then, so the user who was doing the live stream uh, tweeted at it, 
to ask if it was watching the stream, and the bio changed to, I can see you. Huh. Uh, and the user asked, what do you want me to see? And the bio changed to, answers. Okay. Uh, and he said, where? And Camdor said, in our heart. Uh, and then the the Twitter user said, show me your heart. And Camdor just liked the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the user said, do I have a number? Uh, because, because people were like speculating on who the 11 were. Uh, and Camdor said, ask. And he said, can I have a number? And just got a like. Um, and at around this point, people realized, well, Camdrum, so Camdrum changed its whole bio, uh, to say, ask, 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 ask past a certain point. Uh, and the, the background of the Twitter page also changed to say, ask, 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 ask. And people realized kind of around this point that Camdrum was basically only answering yes, no questions where if it liked your tweet, that was a yes, uh, and no answer meant no. And so people mobbed the Twitter account. Huh. Um, it also revealed that it was trolling through the live stream guy's like entire search history because it went back and liked some of his tweets from like March. Okay. Um, but if you go on the Cam Drone Twitter account, which still exists, um, you can go through the likes and find every single question that it answered yes to. Um and it confirmed that it would come back in a physical form soon, probably meaning the computer monitor, uh, and that it would communicate more with people in the future, which were the two kind of very important questions that it answered. Okay. Uh, and then after a few hours, Camdrum quote-unquote crashed. Uh, the the Twitter icon and background changed from just like the Camdrum logo and a, a banner that said ask, 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 ask to a glitched version of the it is now safe to turn off your computer image. Okay. Uh, and people were like, oh, I guess that's all the information we're getting out of Camdrome. Um, and while this was happening, there was also a new subreddit created for uh, kind of going over old Camdrome clues and like trying to find stuff that people had missed. Um, and they ended up finding some new stuff in the footage from PAX 2013. Um, they found that the code jargon at the beginning, the file sizes are a letter number cipher of a Charles Manson quote. Jesus. Which is, believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. I don't even know how you control for that. Yeah. Wild. Because they were like, oh, there's all these strings of code. Like, there must be something here. I think like, a couple were, like, just, like, references to, like, Cronenberg movies and stuff. But they were like, eh, we could probably make something out of these letters and numbers. So, it seems to me like this game started at PAX and then had a little bit longer stuff, sent some emails, nothing really caught on, and then the project kind of quietly died. And then Nightmind brought it back, and they were like, I guess we'll ride this wave today, and then kind of figure this out from here. That's kind of what I would assume happened. Yeah, that, that is kind of what it seems like, because I think that when the Nightmind video went out, he also stated his intent on Twitter that was like, oh, I hope this, like, 
brings back the ARG in some capacity, like that would be cool. And people just kind of took that and ran with it. I would like to reawaken the Camdrome. <laughs> Nightmare kind of does this thing where he's like, I'm personally going to get involved in this ARG and like make it be a thing again. And then it's going to be revived because of me, because I did that, because I'm Nightmind. It was it's... like very much one of those things. It's kind of like game jacking, except in the laziest way possible. Correct. I feel like if you want an ARG to happen, you should do it. So, so after after this uh, this whole rigmarole in June 2016, uh, Camdrum goes dark and locks its Twitter account. Okay. Uh, and then almost. A- well, over a full year later, uh, on July 11th, 2017, uh, the, the Twitter unlocked, uh, but now all of the tweets are deleted, uh, all of the likes are still there, but all the tweets are gone, uh, and the icon and background are just blacked out. Hmm. Uh, and then later that day, uh, the Camdrome account changed its display name to Ben Richards, uh, and it changed the icon to a screen cap from Independence Day and the banner to a screen cap from 1984. Um, and people figured out that Ben Richards was a reference to the main character from The Running Man, which is both a movie and a Stephen King book. Okay. Yeah. Is it a movie based off the book? It's a movie extremely loosely based off okay. of the book. Like the Artemis Fowl um, movie. Yeah. Okay. It's it's about a guy in a like dystopian future yeah. um who is on a game show where he gets hunted for sport basically. Okay. Um and then the so the first tweet after the the Twitter unlocked uh was deleted almost immediately. Uh, but it was a partial link to a live leak video of an interview with the the Night Stalker, the serial killer. Okay. Uh, the next tweet was a code that turned out to be uh, that people originally, I think, thought was Base 64. And then they were like, well, it's not Base 64. And they ran it through a bunch of other stuff and they couldn't figure it out until one person on Twitter was like, Hey, this is a bunch of like YouTube URL codes, but they're all separated by the number eleven. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, uh, and the titles of the YouTube videos created a sentence uh, that was "Hush, I'm not who you think I am. I'll be back. Somebody's watching me." Oh, that's so creep. That's so creepy. Uh, and then the following tweets were either direct uh, YouTube videos or the same, like, kind of encoded string separated by 11s. Um, one was, please and thank you, stop, they are watching me. Um, and then the next one was, I'm not the one, I lied, sorry. And the last one was, this is not a game, I'm being followed by Camdrome. Okay. Uh, and then it started tweeting out vague links. Uh, there was a link to a Reddit question about pretending to be someone else online. Uh, and there was a link to the, the scene of Fight Club where they do the famous thing that's like the first rule of Fight Club. Um, sure. And people very slowly figured out that like whoever this Ben Richards person was, they were a victim of Camdrome uh, who had somehow gained access to the Camdrome Twitter. 
uh, while trying to escape Camdrome. Uh, and they figured out that the first rule of Fight Club thing was referring to uh, don't say Camdrome's name while you were talking to the Twitter or Camdrome, like the, the actual computer program, will wake up and know that it's been compromised. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Ben posted a link to a YouTube video called I Got Caught. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, and then followed by, what do you think it was like when someone discovered the Pretenders with a link to the Wikipedia page for the band, <laughs> the Pretenders? Uh, and then tweeted out, time to go, and a link to the video, uh, or a YouTube video for On the Road Again. Um, okay. And people noticed that Ben had tweeted a total of 11 tweets. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then on, so... At some point, I think the the Twitter uh, changed to have just like a default um, profile picture and banner, and the name is just like a period right now. Um, and on July 19th, uh, Camdrum, or rather Ben, tweeted, I'm trying to take pictures with my camera, but it shows this. I think it's trying to tell me a message. Uh, and then, like, a, an image link to a super pixelated photo. And if you look at the raw RGB values of every pixel, it turns into a complete message uh, that says, I'm so sorry for the deception and the confusion and the puzzles. They are watching, but they are dim. Camdrome was my story about them. They found out about it. Keep this private, please. Ben. Huh. And then Camdrome has not posted since. Okay, that was that was when was that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was July twenty seventeen. Uh, but Edmund Edmund McMillan has been relatively communicative about it. Um, he answered questions about it uh, in February and April twenty nineteen. Uh, most recently, he said Camdrome is sleeping. Uh, when someone asked him about it in twenty nineteen. Um. He said something in February. Uh, he did like a like a little Q and A on Twitter, and someone said, "What information can you give us about Camdrome?" Uh, he said, "Word on the street is Camdrome was boxed up and placed inside a wall years ago. It was recently rediscovered, but the film has been damaged by time. No idea what will come of it." Huh. Um, and people have assumed that the. ARG is on hiatus, like there's no further steps uh, that they can take until the Twitter comes to life again, or Camdrome reappears at PAX. Uh, the Camdrome.com has been down since sometime in last year. Okay. Uh, people, people think that it's going to be some kind of like FMV horror game, maybe using some of the clips that were shown uh, at PAX 2013. Uh, but as of right now, absolutely nobody knows uh, what it is or what progress is being made on it. I think a lot of people were saying that um, maybe it was something that Edmund, Edmund McMillan was going to work on after he was finished with the game that I think he just recently put out. Uh, but nobody really knows. Okay. Huh. So that's Camdrome. That's Camdrome. Hey, audience. 
don't tweet Camdrone on our behalf. Hey, 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 do though. Hey, don't though. <laughs> don't be like first... Marn. Because we're the first people to cover Camdrome since 2016, and I am uh, I'm I'm curious uh, if if anything will happen actually. Yeah, if y'all tweeted Camdrome, then uh, we can finally achieve Marn's goal of being just like Nightmind and reawaking an ARG to our own whims. <laughs> right, Marn? That's what you want. No, I just want I just want Argonauts to become haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Joe pulls up a website. It's just like, Arg's haunted. What? <laughs> Grabs a gun, cocks uh, it. Arg's haunted. Shoots a server. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I am actually genuinely curious uh, to see what happens uh, with the Camdrome Twitter in the future. Um, because as far as I know, not a lot of people have drawn attention to it since uh, 2016. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious what will happen because it seems like the only way to progress, uh, the ARG moving forward is to somehow get the Twitter to respond more. You gotta convince it to wake up again. Yeah. Interesting. Well, time will tell. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> all right well uh do you want to uh get into what you think about the story of the game so yeah so camdrum doesn't really have a coherent story yeah there's not a lot here there's some really cool actually there's one really cool uh set piece which is that booth at pax that is yeah. dope that is it's super, super cool, cool. But that's about all there is to it, other than cryptic nonsense. Yeah, I I do like the concept of, like, haunted computer or, like, fucked up computer that looks at you. <laughs> like, haunted, haunted computer that loves murder. <laughs> so I think that it's the thing that I don't, like about this game per se is that it's not clear like is there a dude is it just a computer i think it's like there is a dude and there's a computer but they're kind of separate entities okay like there's a there's a dude who is a murderer and there's a sentient computer who likes who likes murder, but there's nothing really connecting them except that Camdrome shows a bunch of clips of the dude. Yeah, like what I was when I thought this was just a computer. Something I thought would be cool was if like the dude doesn't exist. It's just that like this computer gets into your webcam and then like manifests a spirit that kills you into the world and looks like the dude from happy death's day while doing it oh you know what i that's an interesting take happy death's day is also a very good movie i haven't seen it for obvious reasons 
It's pretty good. It's more of a horror... I will say it's more of a horror comedy okay. than a horror movie. The second the second one is just, like, straight up, like, a like a science fiction comedy, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was, that was my read on the story as it's happening here. Because there's, like... Also, it's a lot of cryptic shit about, like... A new world era is gonna begin. Um... <laughs> But there's no real, like, manifestation of that beyond just some guy who kills people. Oh, yeah. There's, like, the whole thing about, like, the 11 and, like, numbering people and, like, who are the 11. Yeah. And. Like, I feel like this this feels to me like a game that never really started early on. They put a cool display up at PAX. They did some neat stuff and sent some stuff to journalists. It sounds to me like that never really caught on, and it just kind of fizzled out. And we wouldn't be talking about it today except for the fact that a YouTuber came in and made a video about it and, like, drew a lot of attention to the thing that had happened to the point where the creators were like, yeah, we'll play along for a little bit longer. And then, like, eventually they were like, yeah, we'll come up with here's some puzzles, and they put it up. And then the players went through it all, and they were like, eh, we don't really have anything anymore. And, like, we haven't been involved in doing a project about this for, like, five years now. So I think we're just going to pull the plug. But, like, cryptically tease that it could come back. Ooh. <laughs> That's my read on this whole game. Yeah, I mean, my read on it is that it's probably, like, some kind of project that got backburnered uh by the game devs deciding to do other stuff yeah um i assume it's something that they want to work on in the future but they don't know exactly like when they're gonna get to work on it or when it's gonna release so i don't know like once every three years like for shits and giggles they'll just like update the twitter and say something ominous and then leave (laughs) yeah that's yeah like at this point it sounds like it's an advertising campaign for a game that's vaporware (laughs) so like a one out of ten for story with the caveat that like it started with a 10 out of 10 set piece yes like that's about where i am (laughs) yep uh what do you think about the puzzles in this one um i think some of the puzzles are cool i think all of the like hidden stuff in the in the website like the deeper you dig there's like more hidden like i've never seen another ARG hide stuff in like the css style sheet of a website before yeah i know that in in planning um in working on uh a one hypothetically if we were to work on a arg um should we not say that we're doing an arg since this game is in fiction is in canon probably yeah <laughs> Yeah, hiding stuff in CSS feels like us. Uh, it's something that I wouldn't do. It feels like it's almost like out of, almost out of place. Like to me, it's like the HTML source code. Like that's fair game. But then when you look at like getting into the JavaScript or the CSS attached to a website, that doesn't really feel like where I would hide stuff. So it's neat seeing a game take advantage of like all three webs, or I guess just two, but two pages that make up a web page and not just the one i think that's really neat yeah no i agree um it's it is weird that there's that 
barrier between like, oh yeah, you can hide stuff in like the HTML, but like I would never check the CSS. Like, it, it's so arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just like I don't know. It's like one click too far. I, like I, I, I uh, um, yeah. Like I know, um, I've seen ARG pages where you can like. Something will be password protected, but it'll just be a JavaScript password where if you click into the JavaScript, you can see clearly that it's like, keep page locked unless the people type boner into the text box and then it <laughs> opens. Like, that that just becomes the like, I don't know why that was my immediate go-to word. Um, but like, it's... To me, it feels like if you're if you're looking at the source code of a website as it exists, that's fair game. But when you get into like the brains behind the website, that's like, oh no, that's where like the processes live. We can't look there. Yeah, I, I don't know what why that is to me, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, I I get it. It's like it's where all of the the like guts and stuff are. Yeah, like don't look at my guts to make sure that I, I I'm alive. To me, that's like looking up the who is data, where it's like. At some point, you're just looking at shit that, like, the website needs to function more than you are looking at, like, the interesting part of the website. So, at some point, it's like, why are you in the staff-only room? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that's neat for them to do here. And I really like the idea of uh, putting those YouTube codes separated by 11s. That's smart. And having yeah. the, like, sentences spelled out. That's a cool way of communication. It is very cool. I uh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> so the whole time I was making the outline for this ARG, I was like, man, it's kind of a weird stylistic thing that uh, that Camdrum puts those like double lines in between the spaces. And, like halfway through uh, <laughs> writing the outline, I was like, oh, fuck, they're just they're elevens. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So overall, what do you think about the puzzles in this one? I think they're good. I mean, there's not a lot of them. Yeah, what do you think of both puzzles? <laughs> they're fine. They're good. Yeah, solid they're puzzles. They're interesting. Good work all around. Like, 6 out of 10? Yeah. 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 Uh, for, for what it is, they're good puzzles. Yeah. How about that uh, replayability? like a two <laughs> yeah like the whole is the whole twitter i guess you said that the whole twitter account got nuked at one point yeah so the only things that are there right now are 2016 onwards um but you could still look at the likes and find all of the questions that it liked as like a yes answer oh, that's cool oh uh, and people were asking it questions cool and uh i guess unless you go to pax or break into the offices at super meat boy studios or whatever like there's not much you can do <laughs> to replay and rewatch that video that video is still up but it's not the full experience of seeing that in the wild yeah huh so like a one yeah yeah like a one yeah i think like a one yeah all right and how fun do you think cam drone is I personally think Camp Drone was like a six. I personally would also say about a six. I think most of that is carried by the execution of a trailhead being a machine that you set up at PAX 
and then completely ignore for three days. Yeah, and, like, nobody even came to take it down, which fucking rules. Like, did they tell the people at PAX that they were going to do that? Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they had, like, worked something out with the convention staff. Just say, like, look, here's two pieces. We're going to be back, like, the next day. Yeah. Can you stick it in storage for us? I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to work something out if they'd contacted ahead of time. That being said, I might be assuming too much on the generosity of, like, um, not convention staff like PAX enforcers, but, like, convention hall staff, like, the people that need that area cleaned up for, you know, the telecom conference the next day or whatever. Like, um, but, like, that is very cool that it just it showed up unannounced with no attachment to it and then just stayed i think that's such a cool idea and also like absolutely no advertisement at all like like no game developer tweeting about it or anything it was just it was just all like reporters at pax being like what is going on with this yeah that is super cool also the prop looks dope yeah it does it looks properly gross it's really good. I I wonder who owns Camdrome now, and w- will they send it to me in the mail? <laughs> if enough of you tweet, hey, send Camdrome to Marn, they'll make it happen. <laughs> Alyssa and I uh, have talked about how our future home is going to have a cursed objects room, like in the third <laughs> John Dies at the End book, how Dave has like a, a storage room uh-huh. full of just like actually like cursed objects. <laughs> and the, I feel like Camdra would be would really tie that room together. God, I would not want a. I'd love the idea. I really do not want a bloody computer constantly playing people getting murdered in my house. Well, I wouldn't keep it turned on, I don't think. <laughs> That's almost worse. Just an off-bloodied computer? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is a this is a cool one. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm weirdly enough, I'm glad it didn't like This feels like it had the opportunity to turn really bad. In the just like a bad slasher murder mystery thing that didn't go anywhere. So I'm glad it died while it was kind of ahead. In a weird way. I'm kinda yeah, I'm kinda with you on that one. Um But I could I could see where this could I could see like two steps ahead of where this could go and be cool. I can't see that third step though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah. This is a cool one. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to sleep with my lights on today. <laughs> I, uh... I will be interested to see where this one goes. Like, I, I, I'm I, kind of interested to see if an actual game ever comes out of this. Now that we've revived it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> just now that... Well, and also now that, like, the Binding of Isaac team is like done with the game that they were working on, and you mean if the if Cam Drum the video game ever gets released, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, do we want to get into recommendations for this week? 
Uh, let's do it. Oh yeah, what you got for me? Uh, I have two different TV show recommendations. Hit. Uh, one is spooky and one is not. Okay. Uh, start with the spooky. Uh, my spooky recommendation uh is Lock and Key on Netflix. Um, it's not that spooky. It is based on um a horror comic uh that okay. was written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. I've um I've seen it and thought, is that based on that comic? But okay, it's good it to is. get confirmation on that. Um, I will say they've kind of lightened it up a little bit for Netflix. Um it it is definitely more like fantasy than horror in the Netflix series. Okay. Uh there are definitely some horror stuff. There's definitely some horror stuff that goes on and like they keep a lot of the um more distinct elements from the books, but uh it is definitely less like Lovecraftian horror inspired than the comics are. Okay. <laughs> um but it is basically about uh, this family. It's a mom and three kids. Um, their dad dies in like a tragic accident. Like he's a guidance counselor, and one of the kids from their school like suddenly murders him. Um, and they move into their dad's like family home in I think I want to say Massachusetts. I'm pretty sure it's Massachusetts. Um, and the three kids find that there are these magical keys. Uh, that do different things hidden all over the house. Um, and they kind of get caught up into this, like, weird kind of magical fight with this, like, entity that also lives in the house. Um, and it turns into kind of, like, a faction war over, like, who has what keys and, like, who has the most keys. Um, and it's really good. Um, there's a lot of things that I like that it does. Um, I'm a big fan of the comics, but I appreciate that the show takes out a lot of kind of like the cringier stuff that happens in the comics. Okay. Because <laughs> like the comics have some stuff in them, especially in like the early issues that I will say is kind of miss guided in the way that it's written and i appreciated that that wasn't in the show <laughs> okay um but i really like it um it is i think that the way it's written is really interesting in that it is both kind of like an exploration of like this family who has gotten like very deeply severely fucked up by trauma that has very recently happened to them and also kind of like they find a method of escapism through this fucked up magical stuff that is like in some ways very deeply fucked up like one of the main keys in the series is the head key uh where you can like literally open up a person's head and go through their me- go through their memories um and one of the kids takes, like, all of her fear, like, the personification of her fear out of her head so that she no longer feels fear. Huh. Because she's like, well, I couldn't stop my dad from being murdered, and I don't want that to happen again. Wild. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, a lot of A lot of cool, like, magic stuff in it. Um, a lot of 
surprisingly deep exploration of like how losing a family member fucks you up um and good child acting and i like it (laughs) hell yeah uh my other less sad and scary recommendation is uh go watch the new high fidelity tv show on hulu based on the movie yeah it's good (laughs) okay I don't know if you've seen anything about it, but I have, I have, I, I'm really enjoying it. I've never heard of this. No, I didn't know that existed. Oh, it like just came out. Uh, Zoe Kravitz plays Rob, um, and it kind of starts out as just like a a remake of the movie, but then it it very quickly branches off and like becomes its own thing, and you realize that like a lot of the characters are like completely new takes on the characters. Um, and it's really good. I really like it. Um, I've seen High Fidelity, the movie, probably like eight times. It is one of my favorite movies. Um, I'm really enjoying the show. Alyssa and I watched like almost all of it in one weekend. Damn, okay. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is really good in it. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Someone that's never seen the original movie, do I need to see it before watching it? Nope. Okay. Well, cool. I will give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, for people who don't know what it's about, I realize I didn't describe it at all. I, I assume you're uh, doing that for a reason. No, it's it's about uh, it's about uh, it's about a bunch of people who work at a record shop, and they're all kind of slightly pretentious. Uh, and the the manager of the record shop, Rob, her boyfriend. Um, they have, like, kind of this explosive fight, um, that leads to them breaking up, uh, and he moves to London, um, and then the, the show kind of picks up right when, uh, he moves back to New York and she sees him for the first time in, like, a year and realizes that, uh, she is still in love with him. Um, it's kind of a romantic comedy, but it's... I don't, I don't want to undersell it. I feel like calling it a romantic comedy kind of undersells it. Um, okay. It's very good. <laughs> you should watch it uh, if you like music, if you like rom-coms, uh, if you like well-written TV shows, if you like Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> I'm into some of those things. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, my recommendations for the week, I have two. Uh, one is... Tylenol, cold and flu severe. Um, <laughs> NyQuil and DayQuil are garbage. Get on the Tylenol train. Um, it's the good shit. <laughs> uh, that has gotten me through the past couple days, and uh, I'm sure that you all can hear that I'm still a little under the weather, but um, that's the good stuff. Um, if you are sick uh, with the cold or flu, uh, that's good stuff. Um, I recommend it. I'm not a medical professional. Don't blah, blah, blah. Don't excuse me for medical advice. Like talk to an actual doctor before you just accept what I'm saying. But if you're just looking for an over the counter, uh, cold medicine, that's the good one. Uh, my other recommendation, um, is, uh, the show Atlanta, um, which I have been, I watched the first season of a long time ago. 
Um, but the second season took a long time to come to Hulu. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, and I know that production on it is pretty slow. It's not Venture Brothers level slow, but like Donald Glover is busy with other projects in the in between stuff. So I think that the third season won't be out till 2021. Um, but uh, the show is really good. It's um, uh, Donald Glover is kind of one of the creative leads on the show. I don't I think he's executive producing. I don't know for sure. But I know um, he's a, a main character in the show. And the show is uh, what he's described as um, Twin Peaks, but with rappers. Um, basically, he plays a rapper's agent uh, as this rapper is starting to hit it big. Um, I don't want to go too deep into what makes it cool because it's a very surreal show. Um, and unlike most things that you've seen on TV up until this point, um, it's a really good show. It's usually on FX. Um, the first two seasons are up on, um, they're up on Hulu right now. Uh, and they're really good. I finally got through the second season. One of the best episodes of this past season is called Teddy Perkins, um, which is really spooky. Marn, I think that you would really enjoy it. Um, I don't want to go into details about what makes it so cool, but uh, but it's an episode where uh, one of the main characters, Darius, who's played by uh, Lakeith Stanfield, um, who you might know from um, Get Out he was in, or um, recently in the new Adam Sandler movie, um, Uncut Gems. Um, but it's uh, he goes to this old recluse's house uh, to pick up a, a piano that the guy was selling, and uh, learns that the place was an old, uh, like an old, um, an old musician's place that he's currently turning into a museum. Um, it's very surreal and creepy and great. Uh, the show as a whole is really cool and surreal. Uh, I'd recommend everyone check it out. I yeah, I've I've heard really good things. I just haven't uh, watched it yet, but I. I will probably do that soon. I'm running out of TV shows that I'm currently watching because a bunch of stuff uh, like ended for the season or went on to break. Um, so at this point, I'm just kind of holding out until Fargo comes back yeah. like, in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say uh, Teddy Perkins is a pretty solid standalone episode. So if you're interested in just checking something out, uh, it's really good. Hell yeah. It's like a, it's it it's longer than most episodes. I want to say it's like 45 minutes long. Um but it's super cool. Nice. And uh Teddy Perkins is played by Donald Glover, which you won't believe looking at the character. Hmm. I don't want to get into any more of why that is or okay. what I mean, but uh it's fantastic. Okay, yeah, don't tell me anything. Maybe I'll watch it this weekend. Hell yeah. Uh with that, I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, we finally get to end an episode before it's three hours long. <laughs> Excuse me. I need that this week, as you all can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, uh, you can do so by going to Twitter. Uh, we are together on Twitter at Argonauts Pod. Uh, at Argonauts Pod uh, or you can find us separately. I am at AC Sherman Wright. I am at Corpse Survivors. Uh, you can also find our new intern, Alice, at Redesign Your Logo. Your is Y-R. Yes, Alice has been great so far. Uh, we've really enjoyed her work. Um, we also have a Discord server if people are interested in talking about it. The link to that is in the show notes. Uh, we have a lot of really cool channels. And um, 
should we talk about the fact that a lot of our listeners are really caught up in that Pepsi conspiracy theory? Yeah, um, I don't completely know what's up with that. I know there's, like, a forum that they keep talking about. Like, I was gonna make an account to, like, see what it's about, but you have to, like, fill out this form and, like, email this guy, and it it, it all seemed very complicated to it's me. It's all weird. Um, people are talking about it in our Discord, if you want to check it out. Uh, we know that some weird stuff has happened lately. Um, someone at C2E2 was handing out business cards with a link to our Discord server on it, um, saying that Pepsi has a navy. It's a bunch of weird stuff. I don't know what's up with it. Someone- what? Someone uploaded audio to our feed? Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that. We don't really know what's going on, but uh, thank you all for sticking by us through it. Uh, it really means a lot to us that you're keeping up with us even through this weirdness. Yeah, I mean, I know I know Alice is keeping tabs on it, so I've been, I've been hearing some updates about it, and I've been getting... She's been sending me a couple, like, screen caps from the forums, and it's just, like, wild, like... She is There's a machine. A, I don't know if she ever sleeps. I don't know either, but, like, these people think that, like, Pepsi Man is real. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, that's a great advertisement. If you want to talk to a bunch of weird folks who think Pepsi Men are real, check out our our, uh, our Discord channel, I guess. Um, otherwise, you can check out our, uh, you can check out, we have some merch available on Redbubble, uh, and if you really like the show, feel free to give us a review. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in our next episode, we are probably going to start covering the Cloverfield ARGs, plural. So get excited for that. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, until next time, that's ARGs, baby. Until next time, that's ARGs, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, go to Welcome to They, Them, Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 (laughs) We talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. <laughs>